Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning. I'm John Hoffman. The possible end of guaranteed legal abortion in the U.S. raises a lot of questions in both Indiana and Michigan. Both states have laws on the books that could take effect if the Supreme Court rules against Roe v. Wade later this year. Earlier this year, a hundred Republican lawmakers asked Governor Holcomb to call a special session if the Supreme Court makes this decision. I spoke with legislators on both sides of the aisle about what could happen next. Roe versus Wade possibly coming to an end raises a lot of questions about abortion in the state of Indiana. Many conservatives in the General Assembly making their stance known. We know from U.S. history that the Supreme Court has been terribly wrong at times, and sometimes it took decades for that wrong to be corrected, and I feel that this would be a similar case where the Roe versus Wade decision was wrong. If Governor Holcomb called a special session to figure out abortion legislation, Representative Jake Teshka says they would have a given amount of time to craft and pass a new law. But he says the Republican supermajority might wrestle with if abortion should be restricted or abolished. Uh, folks that uh, would consider themselves pro-life uh, but maybe um, would like to see exemptions for uh, cases of incest and rape as well as life of the mother, um, and then you've got others who, who may not agree with that. This turn of events has Democrats like Representative Maureen Bauer concerned for Hoosier women. We have to decide um, what's best. There'll be no doubt that the health care of women will be uh, restricted. Even still, Bauer says she'll continue to fight for what she calls a woman's right. So there's a lot more we can do as a state legislature to protect women and prevent unwanted pregnancies. We've had uh, legislators introduce policies to create greater access to birth control, and those have been turned down over and over again. The General Assembly has a technical corrections day scheduled for May 24th, and depending on the timing of the Supreme Court's decision, Teshka says they could utilize this day to make new legislation. Otherwise, he's hoping the governor will call an executive session. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts confirms the draft opinion on Roe v. Wade is real. Roberts says he's more concerned about the betrayal, which he says undermines the integrity of the court's operations. Notre Dame held a panel discussion this week about the leak and the future of abortion in America. The Notre Dame Center for Citizenship and Constitutional Government says the leak is unprecedented. The three law professors invited to the panel were shocked that this could happen. Uh, Sharif Gurgis was a law clerk for Justice Samuel Alito, who wrote the draft majority opinion. He is an associate professor at Notre Dame Law School and says it was a gut punch to the judicial process. Everything depends on trust. The justices have to be able to trust their clerks and each other, and the clerks have to be able to, to do the same for people to talk freely and think through ideas. I mean, it, it, it's, it's entirely obvious why confidentiality on these things is important and how a breach of trust and suspicion 
that that could foster could be crippling. In a statement, Chief Justice Roberts says he has directed the marshal of the court to launch an investigation into the source of the leak. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. It's sticker shock for St. Joseph County homeowners as they open their property assessment letters from the county. Across the area, some residents are seeing their assessment spike 50 to 100 percent. Property owners are facing a double whammy. This year, the county did a study on land values. Add that with the annual adjustment to the housing market, and that's why we're seeing an unusually high increase. The housing market is flourishing, says St. Joseph County's assessor. Home values are going up with property tax following suit. We did a... Um uh, analysis on the base rates. Uh, the last time that was done was in um, 2012. Um, and then, of course, we're uh, required to, to adjust to the market annually. Mandrici says her department is assessing properties on mass scale. That means what your neighbors do, whether they sell or renovate their home, affects you as well. People who sell their homes, uh, that um, those sales uh, are uh, used in the analysis of the trending factor that is applied to everyone in the property, even property owners that did not sell. So, if your property taxes are way up, what can you do? Mandrici says you have until June 15th to file an appeal. Beth Sweeta helps property owners save on their real estate tax. She suggests for your best chance at success, have all of your documents in order. Sales in your neighborhood, um, just make sure you use houses that are very similar to yours. Um, when you when you present that as your evidence and just attach it right to the form so that the assessor can see that. You can also show a home repair estimate to prove your home has a different value than the county's appraisal. Sweda says the sooner the better if you plan to file an appeal. If you start, if you do have to go to a hearing or that, you know, because sometimes once you continue that process, if it doesn't get um, resolved at that first level, that lengthens the process of time that it takes. When the county assessor's office gets your appeal, your property will then be reevaluated individually. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. There is concern that another South Bend school building could be closing. South Bend Community School Corporation leaders acknowledge that a closure or a repurposing of a building could be on the way. A public meeting to gather input was held Thursday at the Charles Black Center. District leaders stress that they want to hear from the community and no plans have been finalized. The school corporation has said that a closure is an option. In January of 2021, at a regular school board meeting, the superintendent talked about ideas to address enrollment in space, including closing a high school or turning a high school into a career and technical school. Leaders say, though, they are starting from scratch now. South Bend Councilman Henry Davis Jr. is very concerned about what could be next for the city's high schools. So we just can't just close a school. Davis is not alone in his worry. Changes to keep happening in this community. When the school district announced in April it would be changing leadership at Washington High School, people gathered with concerns. Many were worried about what it could mean for the future of the West Side High School. The school district issued a statement saying it had no plans to close Washington. The deal was pass a referendum. We keep services open, keeping services going. And then the federal government said, hey, uh, COVID relief funds, here's some more money. And we're back at square one again talking about closing schools. 
And that's true. The school district is looking into what it calls right-sizing. So we need to reimagine how we reach and teach our students, but also shrink our portfolio because um, we have buildings for 26,000 students, and we now have 15,000 students. Assistant Superintendent Karima Fowler says since the $220 million referendum passed in 2020, the school district has collected data, formed a task force, received more than 1,300 survey responses, and is holding public meetings. The purpose? To create a 10-year master plan and figure out how to spend the remaining funds in the capital referendum. In the past, um, buildings have kind of drove what we do, and that's not how it should be. Programming should drive what you do in buildings. This week, the school district and the architecture firm handling its master planning will hold a public meeting to gather input. It's really tough to get, you know, small classrooms, but also robust programs and keep costs down. That's a balancing act. So really putting that information out there, what, what can the community tolerate? But some say what the community can't tolerate is another building closure. It will be a shame to suffer the same type of blow again. Um, history does repeat itself, but we shouldn't repeat that type of history. Several South Bend school buildings have been shuttered or repurposed over the past decades. The current administration has closed two schools in a little over a year and is currently working to sell its downtown administration office. 2002, they closed LaSalle High School, which is the high school I graduated, graduated from in 1997. And we saw the play out from that. But Fowler says right now nothing has been decided. The 10-year master plan won't be ready until November. To me, that sounds like the end result is going to likely be more school buildings are either closed or repurposed, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. We, there should, that should come as no surprise to Correct. People. We all know that something needs to happen, and we're chipping away at it, right? And we want to we do what's best for our community and for our students with the least disruption. That's what we're looking at. But she says with enrollment shrinking and less money for large public school corporations, this is an issue that can't be ignored. We can't continue to live in that. We, can't, we can keep the status quo, but if we keep the status quo and we keep everything the way it's been and we don't take any action to address any of this, where does that leave our students? Where does that leave our community? All right, we're working together. The utilization rate at Clay, Riley, and Washington is only around 50% of capacity. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. South Bend Common Council members presented the Police Review Board Director hiring procedure at a public meeting last Monday. As of now, they only have 10 qualified candidates to choose from. Another six have applied since they narrowed it down and the council will consider adding them to the hiring pool. Because the past director was so controversial, the council is under pressure to get the right person. We want to find the right person, and we heard uh, to, to build a bridge in the community um, from folks on both sides uh, and, and really uh, handle this position. Um, and there'll be a high-level scrutiny, I think, you know, on this position. The Community Police Review Board director must work with citizens as well as law enforcement during high-stress situations regarding policing issues in South Bend. The Common Council had a meeting to get public input, but only two people showed up. I think the takeaway is that the Community Police Review Board will matter for you 
It will matter for your relatives. It will matter for your grandparents, your parents, your children, your family, your loved ones. And for something this important, uh, that's really going to be important, not just you know for this year, but decades to come, you better be there when the foundation's built. Otherwise, we could have a shaky building. The Common Council removed Joshua Reynolds from the position in August. Reynolds came under fire after it was learned he was suspended seven times in nine years as an Indianapolis police officer. The hiring process now requires multiple public input meetings to make sure any concerns in the community are addressed. At the end of the day, like, hiring people, you never know what you got till you really got them, right? Um, but I think you do the best job you can. You do the, the, the most thorough vetting you can. And so that's why I think it's really critical that community input is paramount. After the candidate list is narrowed down, the final step of the process is having public question and answer sessions with the final candidates. If at any point the council feels they do not have enough qualified candidates, they would restart the process. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. $100,000 is going to legal, transportation, and translation services for refugees and immigrants in South Bend. La Casa de Amistad says this new partnership with the city is historic. It's paid for by the Common Council and the Redevelopment Commission. These services have already been needed for the 63 Afghanistan refugees already in our area. And La Casa and the city of South Bend both say this can be used for anyone fleeing their country and settling in our area. Leaders with the city of South Bend and La Casa de Amistad partnering to make the community a more inviting place for local refugees and immigrants. If you take a look at the name, La Casa de Amistad, it means the house of friendship. So what better way to be able to welcome those who sacrificed for our country in Afghanistan? With just the 63 Afghanistan refugees alone, there are 18 immigration cases and 10 special immigrant visas. 16 attorneys are helping them, including former Notre Dame Law School students and professors and other local lawyers. While there was an emphasis on Afghan refugees, La Casa Executive Director Juan Constantino says these services are for all refugees who need help. Part of the investment is certainly on the focus of our new neighbors that are here, but also anticipating folks from various other countries that may be coming to La Casa de Amistad. When I asked about possible Ukrainian refugees, Mayor Mueller says he hopes to have more on that soon. But he says helping any new neighbor integrate into the city will help make the community stronger. And that's going to take a recommitment to embracing immigration, bringing people here, and, and making South Bend a truly welcoming and growing uh, city once again. It takes a village, according to Constantino, with many people and organizations working to make this partnership happen. But he believes the city has created a model for others to use across the U.S. South Bend, this city, is setting an example of how the city of South Bend, this city, is setting an example for other cities to be more welcoming. That is what we need more in our community and our country. La Casa de Amistad is hoping to add six to eight more attorneys in order to help with various legal assistance. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM. WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 